Welcome to Medical Minefield, the podcast where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman. And I'm Eve Simmons. And we are health journalists, which means we spend our lives asking tough questions to top experts so you don't have to. This week, we're asking whether the contraceptive pill really does cause depression, like Davina McCall suggests. As ever, we'd like to know what you think. So if you have a question or a suggestion for us at Medical Minefield, tweet us at MedMinefield. First, let's say how this story came to us initially. So, so, someone emailed you from Channel 4, didn't they? Yes, I had an email from one of the press people at Channel 4. Often they get in touch with us to tell us about new shows that are coming up that they think would be a good fit for our pages at the Mail on Sunday. And they said, Davina McCall is presenting a new show about the contraceptive pill and the potential risks and harms. Would we be interested in covering it? I'd actually heard about this because mm. Kate Muir, who is the producer of Davina's previous documentaries, there were two documentaries she did about the menopause and Kate Muir was the producer of those. And I know Kate and she'd mentioned to me that they were working on this documentary about the pill. And presumably they were hoping this was going to have as much impact as the menopause documentary. Do you know, I don't know. I don't know. But mm. it's good you mentioned that because those documentaries, boy, did they have an impact you know, many people simply credit Davina's documentaries for getting people talking about the menopause, which no doubt they did do. She went on to write books and other people have written books and it's launched careers, etc. And an app? Did she launch an app? I'm not sure about an app, but one thing that did happen immediately after I think the first documentary request for prescriptions for HRT surged. Mm. And as many women who take these medications know they uh, are in short supply now because so many people I think uh, over the last uh, couple of years uh, demands for prescriptions have doubled you know it it was a a pivotal part of that the Davina effect as it's been called Mm. you know you you instantly think is her documentary about the pill going to have the same kind of impact in terms of changing people's behaviour Um, You know, she's obviously one of the more influential people today in terms of women's health. Well, she definitely knows what's popular to talk about because it's a huge trend on social media at the moment. Lots of young women are ditching their contraceptive pill and telling other young women to do the same. Why? They're talking about potential harm. So this has been sort of as long as the contraceptive pill has been around that women have been talking about the potential mental health effects. So lots of women report feeling depressed or having mood swings or having some sort of emotional difficulty and are linking this to their contraceptive pill. I have lots of friends who say that they've noticed a change in their mood when they've started taking the pill. However, there's been big scientific reviews into the potential side effects from the contraceptive pill. And the evidence around the mental health impact is quite murky. There's not really clear-cut evidence about whether these claims are true or false. Well, I was wondering exactly how they would approach this, having known about this this documentary for quite some time. Davina did a big interview with OK Magazine on Monday in which she, I think, gave some pretty big hints about the way that they were going to approach this or tackle this. Mm. And it was quite 
some eye-catching claims, I think. Davina's talked very openly about having problems with her mental health over the years. And particularly when she was younger, she um, had struggles with addiction problems and, you know, was a bit of a wild child and had, had a lot of difficulties. She now wonders whether the pill, the, the synthetic hormones in the pill led to her, her problems in her teens. And talks also about the fact that her daughter, I think her younger daughter, had a hard time with her mental health uh, while taking the pill. She is obviously going to be exploring this this aspect of, of things in, in the documentary, um, as as did the, the menopause documentaries explore, you know, the mental health side of of the menopause, which, uh, you know, could, could you could say it's underreported and hence the the impact that it had i've been speaking to women's health doctors this week about their concerns about claims such as these mm. or suggestions such as these because one of the things that people often don't count into these conversations is the impact of unplanned pregnancy and if someone gets pregnant unintentionally, it can be really devastating Absolutely. to mental health. I, taking a, a feminist point of view, as I often do, I think that you have to think about the opportunities that are limited when a woman becomes pregnant unintentionally. And that's the whole point of the pill, right? It was a, like a liberation. It, the whole idea was that women's opportunities were now so vast because they aren't just limited to having a child and not having any choice over it mm. and it just worries me that if all these women stop taking their contraception the only people who are going to suffer are going to be women well Davina there's nothing to suggest that Davina's going to say stop taking your contraception she has said she's angry that there aren't better options and that women do have to put up with side effects mm. and of course there are other side effects that people complain of of the pill you know, it's not just about mental health, is it? No, irregular bleeding is a, one of the main side effects. I think it's one in three women have irregular bleeding, but especially in the first three to four months, which is obviously incredibly inconvenient and can be really worrying. And you often would will go for lots of tests to find out if there's anything underlying that might be more serious, which is quite alarming for women. Mm. Well, as, as I say, we haven't seen the documentary, so so it remains to be seen exactly how they're gonna they're, they're gonna tackle this. Um, but certainly by looking at the interview that Davina gave, or the the way that it was written up, because you know obviously they'll have done this big long conversation, mm. and they'll have the OK magazine will have taken the most eye catching things that she said, and then that turns into a headline, and then other organisations take the most eye catching bit of that interview and then repeat that headline and it all turns into Davina says the pill causes heroin addiction or something which she never said yeah of yeah. course but you know there is an influence even to suggesting or you know floating the idea or even asking the question over and over again in a documentary does the pill cause mental illness so you know obviously the care that needs to be taken in these conversations is huge. Absolutely. And, and the thought behind it is huge. That is why I think doctors are perhaps apprehensive Especially about what's going to happen next week. there's already an undercurrent of nervousness about the contraceptive pill or mm. any hormonal contraception. Yeah, there was that big study linking breast, the breast cancer risk, wasn't it? Yeah, exact, Just about exactly. Well, look, this is an issue we 
clearly need to talk about. And on the line now, we have Dr. Philippa Kay, who's writing in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday about her concerns about making such bold claims or suggestions about potential serious side effects of contraceptive tablets. Philippa, thanks so much for joining us. First of all, obviously, it's a worrying thing to hear, isn't it, that the pill might have a potential side effect of making people depressed. There's so many women out there struggling with depression. Lots of people take the pill. They may well think next week if they hear that these suggestions, that, that perhaps there are question marks over the safety of it in terms of mental health, that their problems could be caused by the pill. They, they might stop taking the pill. And, and, and that's something that concerns you, isn't it? Absolutely. I think that the media has a real responsibility to be clear about what it is that they are reporting. For example, a few months ago, the reports about the increased breast cancer risk with progesterone-only forms of contraception. And now we're talking about side effects of hormonal contraception. And I think it's really important that we always balance those conversations about the potential benefits of hormonal contraception and the risks of not being on it. Plus, we need to remember the fact that many people are on a form of hormonal contraception, not solely for contraception. So they might be taking it because their periods are so terrible that they can't go to work or that they're missing school. Period poverty is a very real thing, not just in terms of being able to afford products, but also in terms of the schooling that you miss, or that maybe you have such severe endometriosis or something else. So we use forms of hormonal contraception for lots of different things. And everybody needs to be able to make an informed decision about those risks and benefits for themselves. And that's not easy to dilute down into a headline. And that's my concern about it, especially knowing that things sometimes then get misinterpreted or diluted so much on social media that it's difficult for people to know what's true and what's not and how to make those decisions. And that's why we're writing the piece. Philippa, one thing that I've heard a lot of women say is that they're very angry about this lack of clear evidence about the risks of the pill. And a lot of, of I've heard a lot of people say, oh, if this was a medication for men, there would be reams of data and we would have clear answers. To what extent do you think that that is true? There was a, a, a thing recently about male contraceptives and, and someone said, well, you know, why would I put up with being tired and having my libido affected and maybe, you know, bloating? Why would I do that? And, and the female response was, well, that, that's sort of what we do. Women of medical sexism and sexism in scientific research has been going on for a very long period of time. And women are not just so little men. And often women have been excluded from scientific research because the menstrual cycle has been too complicated to add in, you know, all those different factors. But we are doing the research and we need a lot more research than there is. And the first point of identifying how to fix a problem is to realise that there's a problem in the first place. And that's sort of where we are. So a huge study showed that there may be a small increased risk of having a mood disorder with the pill is the first step of saying, OK, there might be an association here. What is causing that? How can we help? And I think we're really sort of early on in that process and that these things take time and that we have a long way to go. 
I thought that the pill had been round since the 60s. So it does surprise me that uh, there is a view that, that it's understudied. And certainly in clinical trials of the drugs, they do check for mood changes and s- stuff like that, don't they? There's also been quite a few massive reviews that I've noticed. So I think that there have been, that there's obviously a lot of work before you bring a drug to market. And there are also changes in the drugs that we use. We're now on fourth, there are four generations of progestogens. So in the combined pill, there's estrogen and progesterone. We are still finding new ways and doing research in how you take the pill. So now there's something called tailored pill taking. So even with drugs which might be old, there is still work that can be done within that. And I think that there has been an element over the time of women not being able feeling able to come forward with some of those side effects. Initially, there were difficulties even getting the pill. So, you know, you might be so worried about your risk of becoming pregnant that you might not want to talk about something else. And especially when it comes to things like mental health issues and libido, these have been taboo subjects for a long period of time. So I think that these things do take time And also that we need to remember that when we talk about hormonal contraception, we're not just talking about the pill. When we say the pill, we mean the combined oral contraceptive pill, which is estrogen and progesterone. But there are other forms of hormonal contraception as well. And we are still doing research into them. So if you take something like the Mirena coil, the licensing for that and how long that can be used for has actually only relatively recently changed from five years to six years from contraception purposes for the Mirena. So things do change. And that's okay. So I never really have an issue when people say, well, doctors are changing their mind. They don't know anything. It's no, we're changing our minds when the research is giving us more information in order to do that. That's a good thing. Mm. And something that you've raised as a concern is the impact of unplanned pregnancy. And can you tell me a bit about that? Everything when it comes to contraception and actually every decision I often say is a balance of risk versus versus benefits. Pregnancy is not a risk-free state. So whether or not your pregnancy is planned or unplanned, there is a risk of nausea and vomiting, might be very severe, hyperemesis, there's a risk of miscarriage, there's a risk of high blood pressure and preeclampsia and eclampsia and gestational diabetes. There's an increased blood clot risk in the legs and in the lungs. There are all the risks associated with labour and delivery. There are mental health issues. And actually, it's thought that somewhere between 10 and 20% of people will have a perinatal. So during pregnancy and beyond pregnancy, mental health issue, anxiety, uh, depression, psychosis. These are significant risks. And if you have an unplanned pregnancy and perhaps you go for a termination, there are very small risks associated with the termination, but there are risks. And there are the men- there's the mental health burden of that as well. And I think that's really important when you are putting that against a very slight increased risk of mood changes with hormonal contraception and it may be that how we deliver the contraception which kind of contraception we're delivering that we might be able to manipulate that risk for you um, and we might be able to change and I think it's really important that doctors are listening to patients who say I think my mood has dropped but we also need to remember that mental health is really complicated and that there are lots of things which could be going on and be contributing 
to it. So I think that we need to listen to both of those things. And you also have to remember that we give hormonal contraception for people with severe PMS or PMDD, premenstrual dysmorphic disorder. And for them, that makes their mood better. So mm. yes, for some people, it may impact their mood negatively, but for other people, it impacts their mood positively. And I think that it's really important that both sides of the story are given. Philippa, can I ask about what you think of the new, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago or a month ago now that the government announced that women will be able to get the pill from the pharmacy without necessarily having a doctor's appointment. And presumably, if we're safeguarding women against the potential mental health side effects from the pill, then it's important that, that patients are monitored. But from what I understand, this is is this new regulation is making it much easier for women to access the pill without talking to health professionals regularly. What do you think about that? Again, these things are nuanced and there's more than one sort of aspect to it. Increasing access is really important. There are lots of people who cannot access their GPs for lots of or sexual health clinic or wherever for lots of different reasons. Everything from there's not enough of us to it might be difficult for you to uh, you might be in a relationship which is abusive in some way or there might be cultural reasons there are lots of different reasons why it's important to try and increase access i think that my colleagues in pharmacy are underused and that we need to be using everybody appropriately but i think that we need to put in the safeguards and methods into place that people have an understanding of how to help people manage their symptoms and their side effects and how which changing medicines might help them and when it might not help them because what I don't often I find that patients come to me and they say I've tried the pill I don't like it and my question is well which one did you try what was the symptom that you didn't like and we know that up to about half of people will discontinue or change a form of contraception after they start it and that's okay but let's talk about what the issue was and also remember that often initial side effects nausea bloating breast tenderness often they'll settle down as your body gets used to the hormone and so I think that it's important that everybody has enough training to recognize these things and to talk about these things but access is also important so it's complicated. Well, thank you so much, Philippa. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, you've been in LA, so you've missed the most important story of the week. In the Daily Mail on Wednesday, they splashed on a story about women who had stopped taking the pill and turned into lesbians. I've heard that that is a side effect. Oh, really? Yeah. Where did you hear that? Because I'd never heard it. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, right. You're ridiculous. <laughs> what? No, I'm serious. Was that slow news No, day? but I, I was like, where on earth did they get this idea? So I did a bit of Googling and it's a whole genre of TikTok, etc. There's multiple articles on multiple websites spanning numerous Is months. it to do with libido? So you stop taking I, the pill and then your libido plummets and then therefore you're not attracted to men anymore. So you think you must be gay? I don't know. I, th there was some kind of... They'd, they'd managed to find, like, Mavis, the naturopath, <laughs> to, to talk about... Oh, her again. <laughs> to talk about the, the, the possible mechanism of action that you could stop taking the pill. And it, it wasn't very convincing to me. It was, it's the synthetic hormones. Right. But they suppress something 
and it's something to do with liking feminine faces while you're on the pill. Apparently, women who are on the pill are more into fe feminine men. Did you? Find but I that? thought when you stop taking the pill, I've always been quite into feminine men. Oh, well, so. it's because you're a modern woman. <sighs> mm, I think it's because I was brought up on um, Nick Carter and Josh Hartnett. Both very feminine faces. Mm, interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. I, I have to say, talking about people always bring up the male contraceptive and say that men can't be trusted to take it. But lots of women say that they don't want to take the pill because they can't trust themselves to take it. I can't trust myself to take my pill. So In I fact, think I don't think I took it today. It's not... I really, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, I mean, I think it's, it's an equality issue there. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're equally able to not take contraceptives. <laughs> Although I have to say, as somebody who has taken the combined pill for on and off for maybe 15 years, I have never had anything considerable in terms mm. of side effects. I have had some irregular bleeding. Mm. Sorry if this is mm. too much information, which is annoying, but... Mm. I'm like, well, I don't want to get but this pregnant. Is, so. Of course, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But but of course, we we shouldn't veer into into what happens with these conversations. Is that you know, I, I took it and this and I'm happened, fine, and I'm yeah, fine yeah. because, as you say, you know, loads of people who say they've had a hard time on it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why that is exactly why it's so important to look mm. at the evidence there is. Mm. And the next person that we've got on the line is going to talk to us about that. Well, we're joined now by Dr. Paula Briggs, a consultant in sexual and reproductive health at Liverpool Women's Hospital. Paula, thanks so much for finding some time to talk to us today. To start off with, my question to you is, does the pill cause depression? The answer to that question is that it really depends on the women. Different women will respond to different hormones and with contraception, it's really important to discuss the potential for an alteration in mood with any method. And the pill isn't just one thing. There are 15 different combinations of estrogen and a progestogen. There's three different types of progestogen only pill. And we now have three different natural estrogen pills. So I think it's important if we start someone on a combined pill and they have an alteration in mood or they might have other side effects such as acne, that when we bring them back, we change the pill if they're willing to continue with the pill or we think about another method of contraception. But the worrying thing with not having that conversation, women not realising what was affecting their mood or potentially discontinuing the method of contraception and using something less reliable or nothing at all and being at risk of an unplanned pregnancy. So in this documentary next week, it's, it's, it's hosted by Davina McCall, who had a huge impact with the menopause documentaries that she did uh, last year and the year before. You know, so obviously there is this situation where someone who's very, very high profile saying things about medical issues can have a direct influence on, on people's behaviour. And I, I guess that's something that, that would concern you if, if people were absorbing messages that other women had been depressed while they were on the pill so that that might happen to them too. I, I suppose that's, is that a worry? Yeah, that's a, a really significant worry. I mean, I think since the Davina documentaries, we've seen an almost 100% increase in the number of women using HRT. And obviously we don't know exactly what the documentary will focus on, but what would be very worrying is if women were to avoid hormonal contraception because of anxiety about depression, 
And I go back to every woman, it's different. It's just the same as with HRT, really. We can't predict how individual women will respond to hormones. And the consultation is important. And knowing that the patient can come back if the method doesn't suit them, that there are, are other options which are reliable. I think that's an important message ahead of the documentary. Paula, do we have any idea what might be going on in the brain when you take synthetic or natural hormones? Why might there be a problem with mood? I think it's quite difficult to give a definitive answer to why there might be a problem with mood. And particularly with teenagers, there could be all kinds of other reasons why they have problems with mood. But I think the culture is to blame what you take. It could be exam stress. It could be peer issues. But it's probably easier to say, oh, it must be because I'm on the pill and stop the pill, still feel the same or, or not see any significant change in mood, yet be at risk of an unplanned pregnancy. And I, you know, I don't think we can underestimate the impact that unplanned pregnancy has on women. Obviously, we are fortunate in this country that women can access abortion. And sometimes if women then don't go on to use reliable contraception, they may have a subsequent abortion and and every single time that happens I think it potentially impacts mood. We only really have uh, an interview that, that Davina did with OK Magazine that came out earlier this week as a teaser for the for the documentary but in it she said that she wonders whether the synthetic hormones that she was on led to all her problems when she was younger which included heroin addiction and obviously this made headlines. I mean have you heard anything like that and is, is synthetic hormones you know, do all kinds of bills have these synthetic hormones? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be impossible to say that mood changes led to heroin addiction. I think that is an extrapolation which is extremely difficult to be sure about. Most combined hormonal contraceptive methods contain a synthetic progestogen and many contain a synthetic estrogen, ethanol estradiol, which has a greater metabolic impact so it's more likely to be associated with deep vein thrombosis for example but as I said at the beginning we now have three pills with natural estradiol we have Clara, Zoli and a, a, a pill that's come very recently to market Drobelis which contains estetrol that's fetal estrogen and we think that's associated with less risks of venous thromboembolism blood clot so I think things are improving. We've got more choices now. And what I would hate to see as a result of the documentary are women excluding themselves from some of the newer hormonal combinations, which not only protect against pregnancy, ectopic pregnancy, the pill will reduce menstrual bleeding, heavy menstrual bleeding as a class effect. And combined hormonal contraception, that's pills, patches and vaginal rounds actually will reduce the risk of endometrial cancer and also cancer of the ovary. And I think there's another side to this, a really positive side. And the studies which have shown an effect on mood, not necessarily depression, but an effect on mood, have also shown that this tends to resolve after roughly three months. So the initial three months might be difficult, but for many women, they will then go back to feeling as they did before. And something that's being said or certainly was said by Davina, she said that she was angry that there was a lack of evidence 
about the effects of, of hormonal contraception. Is that right? Because my understanding is that there have been quite some quite big reviews and that there's a quite good evidence base looking at the side effects and in terms of mood. Yeah, so most trials will look at mood rather than depression. If it's a new pill or a review of patient satisfaction, say with a pill, and I've been involved in, in two studies, one related to a progesterone-only pill and the other with a combined pill, but we did look at mood. So there certainly isn't true that there's no research. There has been research and there are lots of papers which consider the effect of the pill on mood. You've worked in female reproductive health for many, many years, Paula. And I wonder if, you know, one thing that we've said isn't often discussed or picked up on is the risks of an unplanned or unwanted pregnancy. I wonder if you've seen the sort of repercussions of that in women that you've treated. I think almost definitely. You know, we have the 1995 pill scare and there was an increase in unplanned pregnancy after that because women were frightened about DDT, pulmonary embolus. And so it's a significant risk factor, but will affect very few women. But what you don't want is is women being unnecessarily frightened about a method that for them would have more benefits than than risks. And you know, with with DDT and pulmonary embolus blood clots, we have to look at the individual person's risk factors and we also have to consider what the risk would be if that person became pregnant because the risk of blood clots is much higher in pregnancy and in the immediate postnatal period. Well Dr Paula Briggs thank you so much for finding some time to talk to us today. Thank you it's been a pleasure. Well I think this once again comes down to a a conversation that people need to have with themselves about risks and benefits. Yeah, it really reminds me of the conversation that we've had many, many times about antidepressants. Yeah. And the fact that patients for a long time had been saying, I'm experiencing some really distressing mental health side effects from antidepressants and that the data wasn't supporting that. And a lot of doctors weren't really listening to patients and were sort of dismissing their concerns. And it wasn't until some researchers said we need to look at this and then and then NICE changed the guidance and did warn about this The withdrawal, withdrawal symptoms, yeah. Absolutely. And it proves that it's really important, as we always say, to listen to patients and to acknowledge their experience. And I think that that is what Davina does so well that she's able to to bring that side of things out mm. and that people do talk to her mm. and that, that these documentaries highlight things that people are saying, you know, that, that that's really important, isn't it? Absolutely. But I also have to say, I think that the pill is one of the most marvellous things to have happened in recent medical history and we mustn't lose sight of how game-changing it it has been and how wonderful that women now have not just one option for contraception but many many options Mm -hmm. and you know if you don't want to take a pill you can have an implant you can have a coil you can have all of these types of things and yes none none are ideal and there should be a better magic bullet Mm. but the options that we have are still options and I think we should feel lucky because in many parts of the world there isn't that access. I do think there is in these eye-catching conversations, when, when they happen, there is this risk of talking about an unknown risk mm. to the exclusion of the known risk. Mm. So 
uh, the conversation around statins mm. and it's it's been floated for you know more than a decade now that there is this kind of the, the unknowns around statin like how much side effects did, what aren't we being told what aren't we being told and fewer than half of people who could benefit from statins in terms of heart attack risk mm. stroke risk etc actually take them which is a shame because they are incredibly effective drugs and you will have loads of people who, you know, they could have reduced their heart attack risk, but they will have had a heart attack risk. They will have had a heart attack because they didn't take statins, basically. Mm. If people do get it in their minds, as we saw in, 90, in 1995, when, when the blood clot risks were first highlighted, that it was just a no, I'm not going to take that. There will be unplanned pregnancies. There will be terminations. People will risk their mental health. So... I always say to people, and I say this to reporters, I've probably said this to you many times, that every time we write about something, we put someone on an operating table, that if you write about health stuff, then you have an impact on people's health because they will do things based on information you give. Or not do things based on the information. And that keeps me awake at night. Yeah, me too. It's it's a real thing. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. I also wonder, because I've written before about the sort of explosion in um, natural birth control apps, so like natural cycles, etc. And what I find really interesting is there does seem to be a sort of socioeconomic element here. Because of course them on university educated women. Absolutely. And also the impact of having an unplanned pregnancy is very different depending on your circumstances. So for instance, if I was to have an unplanned pregnancy, obviously it would be very challenging, but I'm middle class, I have a stable job, I have supporting family, you know, I would make it work. But for somebody who is not in my position, that's going to come with a whole raft of consequences that may not be as easy to deal with. Mm. Mm. So I do, I, I sort of worry about this kind of, you know, middle class women creating a problem or highlighting a problem that that doesn't really affect yeah. them if they're to stop taking their contraception i don't know maybe that maybe i'm 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 not being sympathetic enough yeah no absolutely fair point well we will be watching that documentary very closely and perhaps giving a reaction next week that is all we've got time for this week on medical mindfield You can read about this and all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday, which you can consume in newspaper format on mailplus.co.uk or on the Mail app. We'll be back with another topic on Medical Minefield next week. See you then. Goodbye.